Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Live Free Creative Podcast, Episode 102, Part one, this is adventures in homeschooling. Now, I've never divided an episode in half, but as I got started talking about the decision-making and mindset and ideas around values and principles for education, and then all of the homeschooling resources that I've pulled together as I'm preparing for our family to embark on our first homeschool year for the 2020-2021 school year, I saw that my episode went almost double its regular length. After a quick poll on Instagram, I discovered that the majority of you listeners prefer to have the episodes divided in parts if they go beyond a certain time limit. And so I decided to create part one and part two. There is luckily a really natural division in this episode for that. So part one is all about our educational values, the ideas behind mindset and priorities in education, and the decision to homeschool that I made for our family. I also share a general loose idea of the schedule that I'm planning on keeping and how I'm going to balance all of the different subjects that we are hoping to study over the next year. Now in part two... I dive into specific resources that I either already use and love or that I've done the research on and have decided to add to our family's curriculum this year. That is episode 102, part two, and you can listen to it just right after this one if you want. It's also one that you can go back to time and time again to remember specific things. Also, the show notes for this podcast, episode 102, have the full transcript of the show, but also will have a link directly to my blog post that is a robust resource for all of the homeschooling resources, programs, discounts, ideas, and everything that I've pulled together. And I will update that as things continue to change through the upcoming months. I do think that episode 102, parts one and two, are really relevant whether or not you plan to homeschool, whether you even have kids, if you're doing distance learning or sending your kids in person. Just the idea of education itself and sort of our priorities and what we think about that. And also some of the resources that I share are really great ideas for just supplemental education and activities that you could have within your home, whether or not that is your primary education. They're just really fun and uh, dynamic ideas to use as homeschool like we are or as um, additional fun learning activities for your kids to reinforce the things that they learn in school. So hopefully, regardless of your situation, you find some value in both parts one and two of this episode 102, Adventures in Homeschooling. And before I dive in, let me share a quick magical adventure moment. One day last week, it started raining this downpour in Richmond. The heavens opened and the faucets turned on and it was dusk. It wasn't quite dark yet, but the sun had gone down 
the lights in our backyard had turned on. My bistro lights are on a dusk to dawn timer. So they flipped on and they were shining like stars. You know, when the water glistens through the light and refracts it so it turns into these stars all over the backyard. And my kids, my kids looked out the back door, ran into their rooms. The boys peeled off their tops, Plum put on her swimsuit, and they ran into the backyard to start playing in the rain. And they weren't just running around and playing. They were sliding down the slide. Plum yelled, it's our backyard water park. Sliding down the slide, swinging, jumping on the trampoline, sliding around on the grass. It looked like so much fun. I watched from inside. I wandered outside with an umbrella to video them a little bit and capture this beautiful moment. And as I was standing outside under my umbrella in the rain, I started to feel a little chill. The, the rain wasn't super cold, but it had dropped the temperature outside to around 70 degrees, which lately here it's been like 90s, high 90s, and really humid and hot. And so having it just drop a little bit down into the 70s felt so good and a little bit chilly. And I thought this would be such a perfect time to get into the hot tub, which we haven't used a lot since the spring because it's been so hot outside. We even turned the heat off on it and it still is 90 to 100 degrees every day. I ran upstairs and put on my own swimsuit and then went back outside and let the rain fall on my skin. I climbed into the hot tub and the kids saw me in my swimsuit and looked so excited that mom had come outside to join them in the rain and they hopped into the hot tub with me. And we all sat underneath the glistening bistro lights with this pounding rain coming down on us as we sat in the hot tub and laughed and chatted and looked around at our giant overgrown garden and the chickens bopping around, you know, on the grass, even though it was raining. And it just felt like magic. It was this beautiful moment where I got to be with my kids and experience and everything else, any worries or troubles or everything just melted away as I realized that all that we need is to have this enthusiasm and curiosity and creativity and imagination and and some gumption to enjoy and seize whatever happens, whatever comes, that we can make the most of it, that we can turn a rainstorm into a water park, that we can enjoy each other's company and spend that time together. After a little while, the kids got tired of hanging in the hot tub and they went back to the trampoline and the swing set and I sat there and watched them and I was overcome by this peace and I felt my my body fill up with hope and with a confidence that we're, we're going to be okay, that no matter what comes and happens and changes and as we're adapting and growing and trying to figure out and muddle through that we're going to be okay and that simple things like this dancing and playing and soaking in the rain are part of what makes life special and these magical adventure moments are really all around us As I jump into telling you more about our adventures in homeschool, I want to start by just sharing a couple things about my personal schooling philosophy in general. I know that we are all coming at this fall, whether your kids are going back to school in person with modifications, part day, different days of the week, if your district 
has decided to do distance learning and you're grappling with that, whether you've decided to do homeschooling as well, all of us are approaching and coming to this decision about what to do this fall with our kids and schooling from really unique ideas, philosophies, and values. And that is not unusual. We approach everything in life with our own set of perspectives and our own experience. And often we forget how important it is for us to look inside for the answers that feel right to us. It's so easy in this age of social media and just general media to think that we should ask someone else what's right. Ask someone else or look to someone else for all of the answers. And as I share my personal choices and resources and ideas about this upcoming school year, I want you to just acknowledge how important it is for you to be approaching this topic if it affects you, if you're a mom or um, an educator or are in any way affected by the schooling choices coming up this year. I want you to remember that your path and your choices, what feels right for you and for your kids is right. And even if it's different than what I have chosen or what your friends have chosen or what the other moms in your neighborhood have chosen, this is a great opportunity to practice going inside for what we need and what our kids need and what our families need and trusting our ability to make good choices, even if they're not the same as what other people may make. Now, I think it's great to get different opinions and to, and to be informed and look around uh, at what other people are doing and also to make sure that the final decision rests within your own heart and with your your own immediate family. Last week in the introduction, I shared a little bit about our particular situation. And I want to just start by talking about my school or education philosophy in general, which is that I really believe that the most important pieces of a traditional education for my kids are to develop a love of learning, to understand a growth mindset and to be committed to continual progression in their lives, to believe in process over results. And I want them, of course, to be able to function as successful, happy individuals. That said, I don't personally subscribe to much of our country's philosophies surrounding what success has to look like. And I think if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you have an idea of where I, I vary a little bit from the achievement-oriented mindset over a fulfillment and sort of happiness in your everyday life mindset. My goal is that my children learn to interact with other people, to be empathetic, to be creative, and to trust themselves. And of course, in order to function in society, it is important to have some basic structural education. And I think that we oversell the importance of a classical or traditional education as it correlates to a perceived success as an adult, whether that's uh, status or financial or ability to get a job or any of those things. I don't believe that there's a lot of correlation between the quote-unquote smartest kid in the class or 
the earlier you learn to read, the more happy you are in your life or the, you know, number one student doesn't go on to become the most successful adult. There's just not a lot of correlation between these sort of traditional structural ideas of educational achievement as they relate to traditional models of of adult success. And that, of course, just relies on a traditional model of adult success where I think that success is so subjective. And in my mind, living a really fulfilling, purposeful life is success whether or not you work at a Fortune 500 company, for example. So just to start off, I know that I kind of jumped into the deep end there, but I think that these sort of really wide lens perspectives are helpful as we're trying to wrap our minds around the idea that our first or second or third grader might not be in the classroom learning in the direct way that we expected this year and how maybe just maybe the repercussions of that are not as dramatic as we would as we think as our emotions are telling us as as our heart rate goes up and we get anxious and sweaty palm thinking about our kids getting behind let's put quotes around this idea of behind because all of that is subjective anyway the milestones created in traditional schooling are set for the ease of a group learning environment. There has to be some sort of one size fits all in order to be able to manage the masses of students that go through the public education system every year and even the private education system. I've had to stop and just ask myself some questions about the general, my own personal general feelings about progress along the linear timeline of an academic school year would I feel differently than I do now if my kids all went back to school and let's say at the end of next school year the end of the 2021 school year one of the teachers let me know that my child was progressing progressing but progressing slower compared to his or her classmates and that we would need to maybe do some supplementary education at home or hire a tutor or, you know, do some additional work. They would move on to the next grade, but they weren't necessarily at or above all of the grade level requirements. Would I feel like the year had been wasted? Would I feel like it's okay for my children to progress through each year at their own pace if I knew that they were engaged and committed and working hard and enjoying school, would I feel like something had gone terribly wrong if they weren't always in the 90th percentile of their classroom or if they weren't always bringing home the highest test scores? It's just interesting to try to gauge my own mindset surrounding their educational endeavors and also what I believe their attendance at school is supposed to do. Why do I send my kids to school? What do I hope that they get out of it? Is it that I want them to know everything exactly the way that they need to know it to perform well on a test? Or is it because I want to engage their mind in curiosity and innovation? Is it because I'd like them to interact with other students? 
Um, is it because I want them to bring home A's so that they can get into a good college so that they can go to an Ivy League graduate school so that they can make a million dollars? It's interesting to just back up a little bit and just think, what are my goals for my kids? And my personal goals for my kids in school has always been for them to be progressing and to develop a love of learning. And I love them learning about other people and cultures and socializing among their friends at school as well and learning from their teachers. But for the most part, progression, curiosity, and developing a love of learning have been high on my list of what I hope my kids get from attending school. I have never had an interest in my kids getting all A's, for example. I'm not as interested in their achievement as I am in their progression. For example, one of my children learns in a traditional school environment very easily and is able to hear something, understand it, repeat it, mark it down on a test, and bring home all A's. And it's a little bit more challenging for him to dig in and really like get super interested in something in a way that I feel like he's he's developing his curiosity rather than just being really good at going to school. Where another of my children doesn't have the same ability to hear, understand, and mark the correct answer on a test, but is really good at engaging in specific topics that he loves and is interested in. And both are good. They both know that I don't think that an all A report card is better than a B's and C's report card because what matters to me is that they're progressing and that they're trying and that they're interested in the world around them. That includes in school and out of school. Maybe it's because I'm not as achievement focused on my kids' education that the idea of doing homeschool this year, once I made that decision, has been really exciting for me because I don't feel a lot of pressure for them to hit any specific milestones. I am thinking of this year as part of the pathway of their education that started before they ever went to school, before they started preschool, they began learning. And after they graduate from college, they will continue learning. This is all part of a spectrum. I have learned so much in my life over the last several years that I never learned in school. And it is just as valuable now for me to continue to love to learn and love to progress. This upcoming school year, I don't believe that it is going to be make or break for life success for any children. The ones who go to school with a mask, the ones that go to school without a mask, the ones that stay home and do the online distance learning provided by their schools, the ones that are being pulled from public school and put into private school so they can attend in person, the ones that are staying home and doing homeschool. Even if a family decided to unenroll their kids and just do an unschooling year where they just let the kids play and read and discover and didn't have any sort of a structure... I still don't believe that this year is going to be make or break for anyone. I think that we have to just have such a wider lens than that and understand that this is just a small piece of experience and it will absolutely be a memorable one. It's something that we will look back on and we can look back on it with uh, appreciation and gratitude for our perspective or 
maybe in a few years, some of us will look back and think, I wish I would have given myself a little bit more grace and had a little more perspective and not stressed out quite so much. Do I think that it's important and these decisions are important? Yes. And I also think that what's more important than which decision you make is making one so that then you can move forward and enjoy the process of planning and discovering and that the same process that we hope for our kids of curiosity and and flexibility, that's what we're doing right now, exploring those same attributes and values. So just to define a little bit as I get started sharing some more about our personal homeschool plan, homeschooling is different than distance learning as a lot of homeschoolers told us in the spring when all of a sudden the entire country was doing distance learning at once I had lots of friends who homeschool say well what you're doing isn't exactly homeschooling because the distance learning involves having the public school system or I guess any school system give you the programming and have the same sort of guidelines and timeframes and assignments that are all checked by a teacher at school. Uh, Maybe you still had quizzes or tests. Maybe there were expectations surrounding uh, showing up online live for certain meetings. And all of that factored into the regular sort of school system. For example, Richmond, this upcoming semester has decided to do a full distance learning program and they're passing out laptop computers and Wi-Fi hotspots to every student in the entire district so that everyone has standardized equipment, which then makes it so much easier for the teachers to use a standard program. I think that they're going with Google Classrooms and create a compilation of Zoom live teaching where the kids will be expected to log on for a specific time frame to watch their teacher teach them live and then alternate that with some hands-on worksheets with a playlist of pre-recorded lessons and then their assignments will all be online as well. I don't know yet exactly what the time time frame as far as the school day is going to look like because I don't think they've decided exactly yet. However, just based on our experience in the spring where my children were doing these sort of combinations of live Zoom teachings and their offline and online playlists and workbooks and worksheets, it was taking a really long time each day It didn't feel super effective because I kind of jumped in midway to to help manage each of them staying on their own schedules. And they just weren't quite as engaged. And of course, it was all brand new. And so I'm sure that that the district is doing everything they can for this distance learning program to just be phenomenal. They're putting a ton of resources into it. And that is going to be so exciting for the people who do it. I'm sure it will be fantastic. For our family, I, when I realized my kids would be home with me all day, I decided to take advantage of what pieces of that are good. Now, there's a lot of things that I don't love about that because I love working. I love working outside of my home. I have an office nearby that I go to normally for several hours a day when my kids are in school. And there's lots of things about my normal life that are going to be different with my kids home all day. But if they are going to be home, and they don't have the option of going in the classroom for all of the benefits of in-person schooling, then I determined that it was 
better for our personal family to have the flexibility of creating our own schedule. Totally independent of the distance learning program. Now, some of the benefits that I have learned about homeschooling as I've jumped into learning all about it as much as I can in the last couple of weeks since I made this decision are that it's very, very flexible. You can choose what works for your family individually, what works for your kids, the timing that you need, the curriculum that you want to have. So much of it is flexible and you don't even need to be hitting any particular milestones. A lot of homeschool families decide to follow their state standard curriculum that's usually determined by some sort of standardized testing. Here in Virginia, it's called the SOLs, and those are all available online where you can go in and see what the curriculum for the year is for each grade. And some homeschool families that homeschool all the way through until you know, later higher grades, don't even worry about that so much because they know that it's also fluid, that the things that you learn in early grades get reinforced a little bit later in later grades and and the basics build upon each other. And so when exactly in a timeline you learn some specific facts and figures might not matter as much as we think that it does. This is Live Free Creative Podcast. I talk a lot about freedom, about choices, about creativity, about adventure. These are some of my highest, most highly regarded values. This feels like what homeschool can really emulate. The ability to provide connection and curiosity and determination and progress and flexibility. I am, I think it just aligns really fully with the things that I already believe about encouraging my kids' love of learning and giving them some choices in regards to their learning environment as well. There's a great podcast where Jeanette Lansbury from the Unruffled podcast interviews Rick Ackerley. He's the author of a book called The Genius in Every Child. One of the quotes that I loved is that uh, Rick mentioned that we don't necessarily need to be educating our kids as far as like feeding them facts, figures, and information. What is more important is to create the conditions that facilitate kids educating themselves. Create conditions where children are interested, where they are excited to learn, where they're discovering things. He also says in this interview that kids are natural born scientists, meaning that they experiment all day long. And for better or worse, right? I know that my older boys love to experiment with testing the boundaries on family rules and regulations and things like that as well. But even that all contributes to their learning. I really believe that kids can be learning all day long every day. And my hope as we go into homeschooling is to continue to facilitate that. All of that said, I want to dive into sharing some of the resources that I have chosen to use this upcoming homeschooling year with my kids. And I just want to reiterate one more time that I think a great place to start as you're making decisions about schooling in general, no matter what you decide, I think it's really helpful to get clear on what your personal values surrounding schooling and education are. I mentioned five of mine, and I'm using these five values to guide our school year, this coming year. My five values for education are curiosity, connection, determination, progress, and freedom. 
those are the values that I'm going to come back to as I'm making choices about how each day goes and really hope to instill the importance of these things over this next year with my kids. Okay, so I am still working on the actual schedule of our homeschooling weeks with specifics of like plugging in assignments and things to work on and topics for the week and things like that. But I have determined a basic outline that I want to share with you. We love our morning walk. I think I've mentioned in other episodes that as a family, at least me with the kids, Dave usually is off to work before 8.30, but we love to go on a walk every day. And during a normal school year, one of the reasons that we live where we do was specifically so that we could walk to school every day. Well, once school was canceled in the spring, we started going on a daily walk in the morning. I love just getting up, getting out, having the kids with me, moving our bodies a little bit, starting the day with some connection and conversation. And so we are going to do that this upcoming year as well. Now, I should mention we do it year round. So even in the middle of the winter when it's cold, we bundle up and walk to school. We're planning to do that same thing, even though we're just going to walk around a few blocks and come back to our house for school. It's also a nice reset, kind of a touchstone for, okay, the morning has begun. We are putting on our thinking hats. We're getting ready to learn some fun things today. Our daily walk will probably be around 8.30 to 9. That's when we would be walking to school, and so that's when we're going to plan on doing our walk. After that, I plan on our homeschooling, our formal homeschooling, Uh, at home, doing worksheets, working on projects, things like that, to be from 9 to noon every day. This feels like a really good block of time where I can divide it up into smaller chunks for individual subjects or individual projects. I will have time both to work with my kids individually because they are at different ages. I have a first grader, I have a fourth grader, and a sixth grader. So as far as like reading and spelling and writing, literacy, things like that, um, math, definitely we're going to be on a little bit different levels as far as learning and understanding. Some things I plan to do all together, which will be really fun because there's so many subjects that we can learn about as a family and definitely art and cooking and some of those more hands-on things we'll be able to do as a group, which will also be great. But nine to noon is my planned homeschooling day. We'll have lunch after that and then jump into quiet time. And this is when I plan to do my work time. It's kind of like reverting to a schedule like I had when my kids were young and had nap time or quiet time. I always used to work during nap time. It's only been in the last year that I worked while my kids were in school because they just started all going to school recently. So after homeschool time, we will have quiet time, which will involve reading, playing outside, playing quietly with toys, whatever they want to do is great with me uh, and we'll probably do some days that are screen free quiet time and some days where they can jump in and watch a show if they want while I get some work done and then in the early evening the sort of three to five ish zone I plan to do what we normally do after school which is some um, outings and field trips maybe uh, some hands-on projects like some sewing or having the kids help me bake something that because homeschool can be so flexible doesn't necessarily have to be built in specifically to a a curriculum of any sort but it is just facilitating a love of learning as well which are these are all parts of our normal life which is really nice to kind of integrate them into what will be our schooling and then of course dinner and bedtime so that's kind of a general overview of the schedule that I have in mind for our own family and like I mentioned I am going to go in and create a specific schedule so that each week 
Week by week, we can know what lesson we're working on for math or reading, what read aloud book we're going to do, um, which different aspect of science or, or which art project we're going to be working on. I'm going to make those choices ahead of time, um, at least a month or two at a time. And then, of course, I can be flexible in how well it's going or if we want to spend a little more time on something that we have we have the flexibility to do that. Uh, but that will keep us all on track. And I love the idea of just having a, our basic weekly schedule outlined and up so that the kids can see it and we all kind of know what's coming. Those of you, for as much as it's kind of an ironic sort of a paradox thing I have going on where I really love freedom and flexibility. And one of the things that gives me freedom and flexibility is uh, a schedule, (laughs) like a pretty set schedule, because when I know what's coming, it frees up all of my creative abilities and time and spontaneity and energy to do other things at different times. So for example, my minimal meal plan makes it so I don't ever think what's for dinner tonight and that gives so much freedom to other parts of my life. And so I think that the homeschooling will be somewhat like this, that if we have a general framework and a schedule planned, we always can deviate from the schedule as necessary. And once I have kind of a baseline, then we always know what to go back to. It's really helpful for kids, especially to know what's coming um, in some senses to have a routine and and develop some good habits and things like that. So I am planning on sort of creating a more robust framework and I'll share more about that on the blog in the next couple weeks as I actually start plugging things in. Okay, for the next few minutes, I want to tell you about the specific resources that our family is going to use this upcoming year. I have to preface this by saying there are a million resources and programs and curriculums. There are free resources. There are paid resources. There are subscription resources. There are more coming, I'm sure, now that the education system in America has been so turned on its head with COVID. I think that you will only continue to see an emergence of new programs, new possibilities, new courses. That is so wonderful and it's really great that there's going to be something for everyone. And I feel the way about educational resources right now as I do about material goods in my daily life that there comes a point where more is not better, at least personally. More out in the world is fine, but I want to choose the ones that work for me and that matter to me and that I love and that I'm excited about and consciously disregard the rest. If you are homeschooling or or if you're doing distance learning or if you're doing regular school and sending your kids to school there are always going to be people doing things a little different than you do maybe people do homework different or maybe they supplement with a tutor on some things or I know even when my kids go to school regularly there are a couple education programs that we use at home anyway because my kids love them and it supplements their education in a fun way and like I mentioned I love to facilitate that love of learning and so if they're interested in it great let's continue doing it. I'm going to share the things that we either have used personally or that I've researched and decided are going to work well for us for our own schedule and for my own kids. I hope that some of these can be helpful to you and also don't feel like they need to be. You can create your own program, your own educational program that works for you. You can find a curriculum that you love, that you just want to use a whole curriculum. I saw one today someone sent to me. It was like $800 for a full year 
curriculum that included all of the core subjects and some additional subjects and all of the books and all of the resources like uh, supplies for everything and it made my heart rate accelerate immediately (laughs) I I saw this pre-packaged structured program and was like oh that feels like so much work to me which is so funny because I think it's meant to be the opposite it's meant to be a one size fits all here you go here's everything you need like you don't have to do any planning you don't have to think you just start and here's how you kind of cookie cutter your way through this it's meant to be a resource that really alleviates stress for for parents and it did the opposite for me it had the opposite effect on me because of my personal values and my own personality I would have a really hard time implementing someone else's one-size-fits-all program because it takes away that flexibility and the individual sort of creativity building a program that I love. There's a reason that I always want to customize things. Dave laughs because I always want to customize an order on a menu or, you know, we buy a house and I immediately want to change something about it and and renovate it. Or a lot of times I buy clothes that I love, but then I, I tailor them to fit me a little better. It's just part of my makeup that I like to make things just a little bit fit a little bit better. And that's just maybe a part of the intentional way that I'm like, oh, well, this is great, but let's change it a little bit so that it like works a little better for us personally. I do know that stress in a learning environment dramatically decreases the amount of learning that happens. And so that's something to take into account. The having a really stressful learning environment at home or with distance learning is no matter what is going to reduce the effectiveness of the learning that happens and that was something that I needed to take into account as I worked on our own program what would help me feel low stress because I know that as the mom that my emotions sort of set the tone for the emotional resilience in my home and the more stressed out I am the more stressed out everyone tends to be and the more resilient and calm and peaceful and excited, enthusiastic and confident I am, that sort of emotion sort of bleeds out to my kids as well. So that's something to take into account as well. As you're choosing resources or thinking about things, what are the things that make you excited and that feel like so fun? Don't choose something that already stresses you out. And this was, again, went into my decision for homeschooling versus distance learning because homeschooling felt like a relief like oh this will be fun and different and creative and we can kind of take or leave the things that we want to do where the distance learning felt like a lot of pressure on me that otherwise isn't there to facilitate the adherence to all of the schedule and the program and the assignments and things that a lot of that normally happens at school and the teacher is the one who's sort of managing the classroom where the distance learning it felt like I would be the one managing all of the kids doing the things they need to do at the right times and homeschool just felt like it was going to be a lot better fit personality-wise for for me and my kids. Okay, so let me tell you about some of the resources. We are going to be doing math and reading and writing every single day. And then the other subjects that we've chosen are going to be rotated throughout the week. And then there's some sort of bonus subjects that we're going to be doing a lot on weekends or on outings like field trips where we'll dive into something in a little more detail. I want you to know that all of these resources, these homeschooling resources are available on my blog and I will link in the show notes for today straight to that blog post. 
you can go to livefreecreative.co slash podcast look for episode 102 and find the link it'll just be right at the top for the homeschooling resources Uh, you can also just scroll down and find the link in your show notes like right in your podcast app I'm going to link directly to my homeschooling resources and that post will stay live you can search homeschool at any time I go through subject by subject and I'm going to talk through these but I also just want you to know that they're all available right there if you want to refer back to them links to them some of the links contain uh, the ability to get like a free trial on some of the paid programs that we've been using for a while Uh, there's a couple discounts thrown in there and also just some specific links to things that I've loved so check out the homeschooling resources as a tandem to me talking through these next few things Okay, friends, take a couple minutes and process all of that information, all of those ideas that I shared about education and values and decision making. And when you're ready, hop into part two of episode 102. It's available right now. So you can jump in and finish the episode learning about all of those resources that I have for you. Enjoy. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.